The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestling to the Max's review for 205 Live. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Paul Lezier, sitting in for Sean Garmer, who is still stuck without power out there in Miami due to Hurricane Irma. Uh, we wish all those people out there the very best. All of our prayers, all that good stuff, good vibes, all going out that way towards those folks. I am joined once again by the now newly nicknamed once usual suspect, Harry Broadhurst. Absolutely. Not down <laughs> since not down since day one, but I am a usual suspect. It's true. It is true. <laughs> uh, and of course we are brought to you by 411mania.com. Last word on sports prowrestling.com, also at sports, and uh, w2mnet.com, which of course is our own website that has all of our great podcasts on there uh, related to wrestling, uh, football, uh, entertainment, all sorts of great stuff out there, uh, video games as well. It's always one I forget. Uh, so we got a... And gotta, MMA. And MMA, of course, yes. Got to give a shout out to my Raw Reaction co-host, Robert Taylor, who's doing a phenomenal job with his MMA to the Max podcast here on the W2M Network. True story. Absolutely true. Uh, and, of course, we can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. Apple, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, so on and so forth. YouTube, all that great stuff. So 205 Live uh, opens up Rich Swan uh, having some promo time talking about his match with TJP. Uh, they have both of them sit in there to basically go over the history of their feud so far to sort of, I guess, play for time since they're tearing apart the May Young Classic stuff to put on the 205 Live stuff. And Swan promises not to lose. And that brings us to the match. Rich Swan takes on TJP. 12 minutes. These guys work so hard, nobody cares. Which is just, might as well be the story of 205 Live's autobiography at this point. <laughs> no kidding there. Yeah. Uh, fa- fantastic match. Great finish. And that was the crowd response. Yep. Mm-hmm. Going live at 10.30 p.m. Eastern was a fantastic idea, guys. Smart move. <laughs> Rich Swan does win with a Phoenix Splash, basically having a murder death kill TJP here to keep him down because I mean they throw everything but the kitchen sink at each other. And uh, yeah, it was like a it was like a Rich kick, and then there was something else that took t- the, something else after the Rich kick that took TJ actually down to the canvas. Uh, the cross leg brain buster. The uh, the the it came from Japan by Alex Shelley. I don't remember Rich Swan's name for it, unfortunately. I know, he had a Michinoku driver, I know, before he went up for the Phoenix Splash. Yeah, that's the one I'm referring to. Like he the, he hooked the legs and then hit like a uh, like a Northern Lights bomb out of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then that's what led that's what led to the uh, to the Phoenix Splash for the finish. I forget Shelley's name for it. Then Al- Alex Shelley calls it. It came from Japan. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Nah. I don't remember Rich Swan's name for it. <laughs> I mean, Shelly's just such a great namer of things, honestly. <laughs> no reason to try to top it. <laughs> uh, and, of course, during the post-match, uh, Rich wants a handshake since they're supposed to be buddies. TJ kind of shakes it off at first, but then turns Swan around, shakes his hand, and then leaves in frustration. So maybe not everything's so swell for those two. Uh, and then we get some highlights of Enzo earning his title shot last week. Uh, Cedric going on his monster run, essentially, all the way up until Enzo sneaks in to steal it from him. And that brings us to Cedric backstage with Mustafa Ali, who are talking about everything. And 
sort of downplays how Enzo sort of outsmarted him, and he says if he just keeps doing what he's doing, he's eventually going to get to where he wants to be. This brings in Brian Kendrick, uh, who runs him down and all this other stuff, and Alexander says, you know, I don't have to resort to what you do to be able to get where I want to be, and Kendrick goes back to, back in my day, Pepper Trime remembered, basically. He he member buried him. He, he sure did, buddy. <laughs> um, the backstage segment between the two was nothing much other than to set up the match a little bit later on. Uh, the match is what I really want to talk about, and especially the finish, but we'll get there. We will get there because uh, Drew Gulak is back, and he's got himself another... Uh, he wants to finish his PowerPoint presentation, which I am all a, for. With a... With a ringing endorsement from Microsoft Office, I might add. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. They wanted to know what was on slide three, and damn it, Drew was going to tell them. Uh, and <laughs> 100%. Slide three, of course, was no chance, uh, and even makes a Mr. McMahon pun out of it with no chance, which was just beautiful. Uh, <laughs> there are no chance in hell. That's true. <laughs> I also like Larry's joke here where he says that he uh Drew said that he feels like they should complete and complete silence com- compete in complete silence while well, easy enough for me to say and he goes, "Well, you're already pretty close, Drew." So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would have been probably about the same joke I w- I would have made there. It would have been something along the lines of, "Wait, you mean they aren't already?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, slide four, of course, is no elaborate ring gear, and they show a call from, uh, it has to be one of the more recent Raw vs. SmackDown games or the 2K series, and it's one of Okada, who's got this crazy mask on and his big jacket and everything like that, which just made me laugh so much harder, and, uh, then slide five. I, ac- Go ahead. I actually thought it was like a parody of Grand Metalik. Oh, <laughs> no, that's, that's <laughs> totally Okada. Uh, <laughs> Okay, that even makes it funnier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then slide five is no interruptions because it's rude. And that brings a police siren out. And I'm still living in the 90s. And it was like, oh, my God, Scott Steiner's here. But it's the fashion police. <laughs> <laughs> that is the second Scott Steiner reference we've managed to make tonight. <laughs> uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango come out, make fun of Drew Gulak, call him Captain Underpants. Basically, they're here because they've gotten so many complaints about Drew Gulak's fashion violations that they had to come in and uh, call him a disgusting freak. And he tries to leave, but uh, he sort of shoves him aside. And, of course, you can't put your hands on a fashion officer like that. That rings up the charge. they got to arrest him. Uh, Breeze reads him his rights, which, of course, are all fashion-related. And the crowd, I don't know if they were happy that the segment was just over or if they legitimately were into all that, but they give him a round of applause as they escort him out. Um, if there is anything that I have learned from reading the SmackDown reviews and doing the SmackDown reviews with yourself or Sean, Breeze and Fandango are over. Yeah. (laughs) That's the big takeaway here. The opening contest, not so much. This segment, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the crowd is certainly up in arms. And this is something that we've been talking about, too, on the various shows and stuff. I know it's constantly brought up by myself and Tony. Uh, you can listen to us every Monday night at 11.30, cheap plug. But um, it's constantly brought up by us that in order to make the cruiserweight division seem like it's less of a fish out of water is to have them interact with everybody else on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it with on we saw it on Raw with Enzo Amore getting involved with Miz. Yep. I mean, that's a 
you can kind of take that segment or leave it depending on your opinions. I thought Miz was once again fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, and then you saw it tonight with Drew Gulak and the Fashion Police, to which I'm kind of hoping that they end up taking Gulak and Nice off at of 205 Live and move them to SmackDown as a tag team. You know, I, I often wonder if they ever do decide to gut 205 Live, how many of these guys are they going to keep and what are they going to do with them, you know? Uh, and, and I kind of like the interactions already with the main roster this week because it gives me hope that maybe Neville can move up and challenge for uh, some other stuff and, and see if the gimmick can fly outside of 205 Live. I feel like I feel like Neville would be a perfect challenger for you, AJ Styles' U.S. Open Challenge. I agree with you entirely on that. Uh- <laughs> we, saw what, we saw what his match with Cena did for him for the U.S. Open Challenge originally. Why not have him challenge AJ as well? I mean, it, it theoretically, it makes sense. It puts a nice little spin on a historical perspective as well with him having previously challenged during the Cena reign at the U.S. Open Challenge. <laughs> and it'll be a damn fantastic match. Uh, it all of that, plus I would love to hear him proclaim himself as the king of the United States. <laughs> okay, that just made me chuckle a little. Yeah. little I can't lie. <laughs> uh, so we got main event here. Cedric Alexander, Cedric Alexander taking on the goddamn professional Brian Kendrick. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I don't care. When Shaw comes back, it doesn't matter. He's still the goddamn professional Brian Kendrick. <laughs> The GDP, Brian. And if Sean doesn't want to use those words, he will be henceforth known as the GDP, Brian Kendrick. <laughs> we'll know what it means. We, That's all that matters. It's very true. <laughs> uh, they have themselves a nice little three-minute match before uh, Brian Kendrick decides to maybe go a little too far and starts... Uh, oh, Jesus, I'm blanking. He takes off his belt buckle and... Uh, and he to- actually... Good. Are you referring to the spot in the corner where he drops Cedric throat first across the buckle? Maybe that. I know he goes uh, a little bit further because something brings Jack Gallagher out. Uh, the bit that put – no, it's this leads directly into the finish. The bit that put Alexander on the floor is they were fighting in the turnbuckles. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick removed the uh, covering for the bolt that holds the uh, turnbuckle to the post. That's it. And then he dropped Alexander throat first across throat it. Throat first, right. Okay. Uh, and, and that, of course, uh, as Kendrick looks to capitalize, this brings Gallagher out, who looks to uh, attack Kendrick, who runs outside, grabs the ring bell, throws it in, and uh, Gallagher steps on it, looks all menacing, and backs Kendrick down to where he's cowering in the corner, and then turns around and just absolutely destroys Cedric with William III, which he breaks across his back uh, and just beats the living hell out of him. Looking like a serial killer the entire time. I love Kendrick's face and just the utter shock that he keeps etched on there the entire time because he is the goddamn professional. And uh, I this, Truth. yeah, I mean, Gallagher just looks like a serial killer at the end, as uh, as we were talking I- about off air. You know, Patrick called him Jack the Ripper, which is I think exactly what they were going for. Yeah, he's that kind. He's that guy that. He'll maintain a gentleman composure until he absolutely doesn't have to. You know what it is? He is a wrestling version of Dexter. Uh, yeah, kind of. Maybe without the vigilante thing, but... Oh, no. he, maybe he feels Cedric Alexander wronged him. Maybe he feels like Cedric took his place in the Fatal Five-Way match the previous week. Maybe so. I'd love an, 
I'm looking forward to. Uh, I actually think Gallagher's one of the better Mike guys on 205 Live, so I'm looking forward to his explanation next Tuesday night. I agree with you entirely. I think he's one of the most interesting people on the on the uh, Purple Show, if you ask me. So, uh, and I like him feuding with Cedric. Cedric is a phenomenal talent, if you ask me. As far as ring stuff goes, promos could still use a little work, but I think like Dolph, he's just you, he can't miss in the ring, and he's got a charisma that sort of draws you into all that as well. So, yeah, as as charismatic as Brian Kendrick is on the microphone mm-hmm. in ring these days, he's not anything special anymore because. So- Let's be honest, Kendrick's Kendrick's best days in ring are behind him. Mm -hmm. Cedric's best days in ring are still ahead of him, so I'm sure that him and Gallagher can tear it up for the better part of the next couple of months feuding with each other. I I absolutely agree. Uh, So, I I mean, the matches should be terrific, too, just because Gallagher brings that extra special something, I think, to the ring with him every time, too, so... Lots at least to look forward to, but that uh, that does it for 205 Live. Do you want to plug anything? I mean, you already plugged the reaction, but if you want to plug it again, feel free. Um, no, I already gave the reaction one plug here. I think that's enough here. I plugged Wrestling Unwrapped in the last show, so I'm going to plug my other W2M Network show here. Tomorrow night, episode three of myself, Stephen Err, and Brandon Biscobing as we present the kickoff here on the W2M Network. Yeah, talking about all sorts of great stuff. They have, uh, I, they, I think you guys talk both college and pro football, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, we have uh, we have our studs and duds segment, which is the best and worst performances of the prior weekend. Um, we talk about, we have a bunch of topics for Brian Sell where we have our debate. And then the big one is, are you serious, where we make our upset pick? I actually called Bears over Falcons, and it almost happened. Almost happened. Yeah, that was a pretty good game. I'm just going to say this. If that would have happened, they would not have heard the end of it tomorrow. (laughs) Because they gave me so much crap for that pick, and then it almost happened. (laughs) Uh, Even after we went off the air, they gave me crap about that pick. Oh, man, if that's not the story of your autobiography, I don't know what is either. (laughs) The profession lists. Harry Broadhurst. <laughs> well, How about you, Paul? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you know, we do uh, Wrestling to the Max. That's uh, I hear that's a good show around these parts. Uh, <laughs> we review all the shows, obviously, such as this one. We, me and Harry just did SmackDown. I do Raw and NXT with Gary. Uh, and then, of course, we do our main episodes every Tuesday and Friday, waiting for you there on the download. Uh, where we talk about all the news and we review a bunch of other indie stuff, such as Ring of Honor, Lucha oh. Underground, Global Force Wrestling. Oh, there's one other thing we need to show as well, available on most of these same fine formats. Uh, coming up next, myself, Paul, and Patrick wrap up our coverage of the Mae Young Classic as well. Absolutely. Talking the finals, we're going to talk about that preview show that they did yesterday, uh, Monday night, if you're listening to this uh, maybe a little later uh, with that six-woman tag. And then we'll probably dive into just our thoughts overall on the tournament, which we've probably done way too much, but, you know, that's, that's what we do. So uh, <laughs> filler. filler. They decided to give the final show only a half an hour. we got to do something. It's true. It is very true. So <laughs> look forward to all that stuff. And, of course, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time around. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.